Talbert for Business. Well, the election campaign is kicking off with political parties actively starting to campaign and many promises made. Um, what has been a bit quiet is the multi-party charter, a group of opposition parties who want to challenge the rule of the ANC government. And with me is the chair of the multi-party charter, Professor William Gamede, and he's, of course, also an associate professor at the School of Governance uh, um, at WITS. Hi, Prof. Um, how are you? Um, th- uh, uh, good afternoon, and thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy to talk to you uh, again. Um, and I wish you and your uh, viewers a blessed uh, 2024. Um, you know, let me start just by saying that um, coalition politi- coalitions um, are going to be critical in the next phase of South Africa. So we, you, you know, we're entering a phase or we're closing a phase um, at the next, uh, at our next election, uh, provincial and national elections, which will bring the end of the liberation phase uh, or liberation era of South Africa's uh, modern politics. So liberation era started in 1994 at the end of formal of a par- formal party when the ANC um, won the 1994 elections and held in, in what I would call the liberation era. So the ANC dominated the last um, three decades, dominated society, our politics, our e- e- economy, um, and so on. So um, what is happening now is the ANC, because of misgovernance, um, consistent, persistent uh, corruption, lack of delivery, um, the breakdown of, of law and order, and the rule of law, um, and um, service delivery issues. Also, you know, pockets of South Africa um, that has failed, you know, pockets of the status has failed. All of that has weighted down um, and forced the end um, of the liberation um, era of our politics. Now, the next era, post-election, uh, I think, would be a coalition era. You know, sort of post-liberation would be dominated by uh, coalition politics. So, although the ANC has failed and disappointed um, the last three decades, it's still a very powerful organization. And and it must be noted that no single opposition party on its own will be able to unseat the ANC. And secondly, no single individual um, will be able to unseat um, the ANC. Obviously, it's been because the ANC is on the decline. We've seen a mushrooming of new opposition parties and individuals, you know, sort of personality-dominated uh, parties, um, and then also other opposition uh, parties. Now, our politics, I don't think, is ready yet for a um, single individual to take over from the ANC, like, let's just say, um, you, you know, it was the case in Ireland when Mary Robinson in the 90s uh, became um, um, the Irish um, um, leader on, when she was the independent and she had sort of mass support across Ireland. Uh, or in Chile um, um, in 2022, um, when they um, also had a leader that came out of nowhere on mass support and he became the leader. And even Macron during his first time um, in uh, term in France when he was an individual and he had mass support. We are not there as a country. So, and, and that is, but we are, I think, in a sort of an interim phase where coalition politics and coalition government um, are going to norm. Now, and because of that, um, the multi-party charter um, is an extraordinary new thing in South Africa's modern politics, because this is the first time 
that um, a pre-electoral national coalition and provincial coalition is being put together. Uh, Or, you know, so normally coalitions is forged and and, and cobbled together after the election. So when when there's no single party, individual party, that gets the most votes, um, coalitions uh, coalitions will be formed. So we've seen it at a local government level. For example, in South Africa, we've got coalitions from after um, elections. The problem with coalitions from after elections, normally those coalitions are very brittle um, because, uh, you, you know, the parties in a matter of, you know, within a week has to decide to integrate policies. Um, they force each other beforehand um, and, you know, they're not aligned. And they don't speak the same language. They have to... They, they, they fight over who gets what and so on. Now, pre-electoral coalitions, a little bit rarer, um, obviously in South Africa, but also in the world. But the exciting thing about pre-electoral coalitions is actually once it's formed, as they more stable because all of the hard work and the agreements formed before the election. So without, where are we now with a multi-party charter? Um, we've got an agreement um, um, we've got an agreement with with, uh, with political parties, but then we also have the the basis, the principles of policy agreements, um, and then and, and conflict mechanisms. So that's already the three things is already very very big because normally coalitions fail, coalitions that is put together after elections normally fail on on you know lack of policy alignment, um, lack of a dispute mechanism that's you kind know, of agreed on and um, also lack of principles of government how to, how they they um, govern together so all of this these things now um, in a multi-party charter has now been worked out um, and so on and in the last part of it a lot of people do ask me and do say well actually um, we don't see um, any action um, in the public arena um, we've seen in December Jacob Zuma formed a new party in contrary Sisbe uh, MK and they were all over social uh, social media, and we've seen Roger De Dean had his own movement that he formed all over social media, and what is happening with a multi-party um, the charter. So what has happened since the agreement of the parties and sort of the core agreements, there's been a, a period of, of trust building, um, which is a, a quite an important period when you put political agreements together is to spend the time in, in to build trust and, and for the leaders and to get to know each other and, 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 and build trust. Um, because that's a core part of political cooperation. Obviously, in all other corporations, trust building is very important. But it's also very important when, a, um, when leaders agree uh, at a national level for those agreements to, you know, to move, to go down to the individual parties and to be adopted and accepted by the parties for it to be um, supported. So those sort of processes in political parties often take a, a bit of time. So that is what has happened the last um, couple of months is, you know, the sort of the big agreements and those agreements then filtered, being filtered down um, to... Um, at a party level to the sort of lower levels and for the parties um, adopting um, those agreements. And then the other element, the other pillar has been uh, a, a trust building um, um, effort um, initiative um, because it's going to be important. Um, I mean, the agreement um, 
that has been put together um, stipulates that the parties will campaign still as individual parties, um, but under the umbrella of the multi-party charter. So, you know, once campaigning starts, they will be under individual umbrella, but they, they manifestos and their policies would have been aligned with a bigger agreement. Okay, well, wouldn't it be difficult for voters then? Because South African elections have a lot of razzmatazz and, you know, these rallies and that people like to get fired up about it. Wouldn't it be difficult for voters to decide who to vote for if each party campaigns for itself in the multi-party charter? Actually, it would be easier for voters. I mean, the exciting thing about this new platform and, and, and having a, a coalition like this, a pre-electoral coalition, it makes it much more exciting for voters. Let's just say, you, you know, we've got nine uh, members um, in a coalition, and if a voter can decide among the nine parties, they may not like the DA, but they may like X and SA, or they, you know, may, may not like either of them, they could, you know, go for the Freedom Front Plus, um, and so on. And then they would know that at the end of the day, the, after the elections, you know, the votes will be pulled, um, and the group collectively um, will govern. And I think that's the exciting part. You know, in the past, uh, what has happened, and, and, and it's always the challenge when you have a dominant political party like the ANC and you have a splintered opposition. So opposition um, in the past, opposition parties, you know, each and everyone take different sort of votes, they're fractured, and they don't band together. So the voter, even if the voter has... A problem with the ANC, um, you know, the voter may say, well, actually, of the opposition parties, none of them, none of the opposition parties works for them. You know, they don't have, don't appeal to them. But if you people collectively, you know, one policy of one of the nine may appeal to you, and then another policy of another party of, of the group will appeal to you, put them together, you actually have almost like a super uh, political party that offers multiple things to multiple people. So are you telling voters, vote for the block? Don't, vote, don't go for individuals, don't go for a specific party. Look for the block or the, the grouping that you want to be in. Absolutely. So, so I mean, the, the, the whole idea of, this, um, of uh, the coalition is for the voters to vote for any of the parties in this block. And then if, when, if they do that, that votes will be pulled um, um, collectively. And so the vote would then be for, you know, the group together. But it's obviously important for the voters to vote for one of the parties. Um, what about the leadership? Well, because you, you eventually need a leader. You say that these politics are not um, going to be like Macron or like Ireland. Um, what, what are you doing in terms of leadership? Because there was talks about people outside, um, possibly Zongezo Zibi, possibly Roger Jardine. What would this leader look like? And, you know, you've mentioned also before, we're looking for a Siakulisi. Is there somebody in politics that is a Siakulisi? I think maybe just to clarify is that because the parties will campaign under their own leadership and under umbrella individually, um, but they um, they have two other options options um, you, you know so one of the options would be for once let's just say they win um, they have the option to to elect. A leader among themselves to be the president, now a leader that's not necessarily from the biggest party in the coalition. And I think that's very unique. 
um, in our policies. If you look, um, if we look at um, our coalitions at local level, often it is, you know, the big party determines, the biggest party in a coalition determines leadership and, and so on. So part of really the groundbreaking compromises in, 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 in this agreement is that the parties could choose among themselves and decide, well, actually, you, you know, a leader of maybe one of the smaller parties is would be the appropriate president of the country. That's the first of the agreement. The second one is that they can choose someone from outside the group who is not a member, who's not in politics, um, who, who could be um, um, sort of the, the president. Now, they will be, they're very clear criteria for that. And it would be, I mean, if they go that route, it would be someone who would obviously have a bigger profile, so to speak, than the individual leaders currently. So the individual leaders won't have to actually build that person and, 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 and so on. And secondly, it must almost be a sock and all candidate um, from a society point of view, society must be surprised, the public must be surprised, a sock and all good person, like, you know, sort of mix between a circle, you know, Desmond, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, you, you, you know, uh, um, obviously that's, that's, that's uh, you know, um, breed that got. But I mean, that just to, to give you, um, 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 uh, the, um, idea, and, and obviously to manage a coalition, um, a national coalition or even a, a provincial coalition, but the person will, will also will have to have um, emotional intelligence because these are big coalitions and um, will have to have the kind of the people management competence, um, you, you know, to deal with you know, very strong leaders. And then also we'll have to so say the public appeal, you know, well, must inspire the confidence among, you know, among South African citizens at, at like a broad base of South African citizens. But there is a, a very much, there's a formal process how this would happen, a pre-agreed uh, 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 process. Um, and how are you making progress to bring Musima Mami, um, um, Zongizu Zibi and um, Roger Jardine into the fold, you know, to have more parties into your multi-party charter? You know, so the conversation is just to bring as many uh, like-minded parties um, into the fold. I mean, that, 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 is, that is very, very critical. So um, now that uh, the group has agreed on basic policy positions, it becomes easier to invite others in because others must, you know, there is a criteria of entry. So the policy positions that they've agreed on becomes the criteria of entry. So, you know, among the things, for example, um, uh, uh, the, the policy um, agreement is the constitution. And you may say, oh, well, the constitution is obvious, but it's not as obvious in the American context. I mean, one of the reasons why we as a country have struggled with the rule of law is because so many people contest our constitution. They don't recognize our constitution. Many South Africans don't. You know, they are parallel competing constitutions. You know, there was the ANC's own um, culture. is a constitution almost in its own competing against our national constitution in some rural areas there's customary law that competes uh, against uh, our constitution if you're a woman in a rural area i mean you are not equal 
because of customary law. And there are these sort of, you know, in towns of this gang law, there's even, um, you know, sectors that are outside our constitution, like taxi industry, you know, that are, where people don't follow the constitution and our, our, our law. So it is quite important to have the constitution as the key policy and, and to implement it. And so, you know, it's just one of the sort of um, uh, principles um, that binding um, the group together that they've agreed on. So, I mean, it would be because when I started off saying that this is not a moment in South Africa's political history for individual, for parts, standalone parties um, to win elections. That's not going to be the case. This, this is not a moment for that in South Africa or for personalities, individual personalities. Um, despite the fact that the ANC is on the retreat and the ANC is declining, individuals and, and standalone parties um, are just not going to push the ANC out. In fact, my own view is that they can just really, really struggle. So it is better for these parties, which is the Rise Mzanzi, um, or any of the new, or, or, or Bosa, uh, Muslim Amani, and any of, and any of the new parties that's been formed to be part, um, of the coalition. Our problem with our politics right now, um, is, is that there are too many different group political parties and individuals. Um, forming parties and they splinter the opposition. And that will allow, if you have a, a sort of a splintered opposition field, allow the ANC to return because the opposition is splintered. And, and that is why um, why the effort to build a multi-party charter opposition coalition. So my appeal then to the opposition parties that are, that, that, that are abiding to our constitutional values um, is to rather... To be part, um, you know, after coalition rather than to fight, um, in the elections of standalone. I mean, if you look, for example, at the, you know, some of the people that come out of the ANC that's been forming parties like your Ace uh, or even your, uh, even a Jacob Zuma, all of them actually also realize the basic fact that they may have to be in coalitions. That is why Ace Mahasuli is trying to build his own coalition, a different coalition, um, with um, Zuma's, MK, and with other kinds of parties. And we've also seen now COPE um, and, and, and parties um, um, around in that space are forming uh, formed their own coalition called SARA. So, so really, it is we we are a coalition politics moment in the country, which would mean for an ordinary voter, it, um, it, it really would be more prudent for an ordinary voter to vote for a coalition rather than a standalone um, individual or personality um, or party. I think that really is, uh, for me, 2024 elections is going to be two elections about the ANC versus um the coalitions and it's obviously the main coalition is a multi-party charter well if if the aim is to break the stronghold of the anc you know that's been in rule for more than 30 years what about the party of um, pres- um ex-president former president zuma you've mentioned him you've mentioned personalities and splinter groups um could they actually help the multi-party charter the fact that he's splitting the vote of the anc especially in kwazulu natal I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, the way I and, and I think many other people looked at it in the last couple of years, um, we thought that the ANC was split down the middle. 
Um, and and that will, of course, uh, reconfiguration of our politics. Even Tarun Becky, when he was the president of the ANC, he tried to almost split the ANC and take out the sort of populism and left wing of the ANC and build a center ANC. And then he failed and he was pushed out and Jacob Zuma came to power. So while the ANC is actually splitting, but the ANC is splitting in a different way. ANC is splitting through all of these sort of breakaways that's actually breaking the ANC. You know, it starts as, um, with initially um, the, um, the UDM and then COPE um, and now and then EFF and now um, MK. Um, so that's actually just how, so it's, it's almost like a, 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 a breaking up of, of the ANC by splitting, by sort of sideways splittings rather than a split um, in the middle. So with Jacob Zuma's MK, I think um, will take the vote from the ANC, particularly in KwaZulu-Natal. Uh, and but it will also take the vote, I think, from the EFF also. So, so both the ANC and the EFF um, is in danger of losing votes um, and and being challenged uh, by Jacob Zuma's um, MK uh, party. Now, obviously. The danger would be, or not rather the danger, there is a possibility that, let's say the ANC gets uh, below 50% um, of the vote, um, that it will then go into an alliance with um, the EFF and MK and ACE Mahasula's um, act, uh, a party, and you have a coalition, you know, that kind of coalition, ANC, EFF, uh, ACE Mahasula, Jacob Zuma, as, as a governing um, national um, Coalition. Um, from a Jacob Zuma point of view, I don't think that Jacob Zuma most probably necessarily will want, is aiming to become the next president, but is aiming to be the kingmaker. And um, what I mean by the kingmaker in terms of, in, let's say in KwaZulu Natal, if, if, um, if the ANC drops, because in KwaZulu Natal, the MK party can actually bring the ANC down below 40% even where it will then become very difficult for the ANC to form a coalition, even with smaller parties. Um, so that's a real danger. And um, then Jacob Zuma's power in relation to the ANC will be elevated because then he could potentially become a kingmaker if he if 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 the if the MK gets say above four or five percent, then they could be a kingmaker. And I think what Jacob Zuma most probably want is a presidential pardon in return um, to be the kingmaker. So not necessarily to be in government and also he's disqualified to, because he, he, he serves a jail term. He cannot be an elected representative or the president of the country, but he can be the kingmaker. So, I mean, a presidential part, a pardon from, from the ANC would be absolutely key for Jacob Zuma to participate again in public, uh, you, you know, in, in public politics. Secondly, I think also Jacob Zuma maybe also be driven by revenge politics, uh, revenge against uh, against Sir Ramaphosa. Um, you know, Ramaphosa led the effort to get him out, to get Jacob Zuma out of the ANC, and if the ANC drops below fifty percent, and and and, it, and if it would be almost sweet revenge for Jacob Zuma because if the ANC split. Uh, or drop um, um, below 50%, it's very likely that they will ask um, uh, President Ramaphosa to leave, to go voluntary, or they force him out, um, because he would then be the first president in ANC's post-1994 history to bring the ANC below 50%. And I think that then would become sweet revenge for Jacob Zuma, 
if Jacob Zuma becomes the kingmaker, you know, if the MK gets enough votes to bring to help bring down um, the ANC. And I think that, for me, the two motivations for 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 Jacob Zuma one to be the kingmaker to get a president to force the ANC to give him a, a presidential pardon um, as part of the conditions to, to you know to partner with the ANC, and secondly, as almost you know revenge um, to get Ramaphosa out. Um, before his term ends, in the same way that Zuma got his uh, was pushed out before his presidential term ended. Well, Professor William Gumede, really interesting. Thank you so much. No, thank you, and I'm very grateful to, and it was very um, to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm.